football season long, but the good folks over at Thorium Wealth. Check them out, thoriumwealth.com for more information and full disclosures. T-H-O-R-I-U-M wealth.com. We're also brought to you tonight by Second String Sports. You can check them out online, secondstringsports.com. Check out their uh, brick-and-mortar store out in uh, Stewart's Draft. Our thanks to them as well. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, March the 10th. The ACC tournament, at least as of now, as we record this, um, it, I mean, I guess it's technically happening, so I guess it's it's going to continue to happen, but, you know, who knows. Um, ACC tournament down in Greensboro, we will preview that. That is the bulk of this show, though I imagine we're going to talk about something that we have literally never discussed on this show, which is pandemics and how they operate. Good times. Um, yes, a very weird, um, a very weird season in college basketball that we've talked a lot about in recent weeks and months. Um, it's going to get weirder, it seems like, um, and probably already has. Um, at least one, I don't want to call the Ivy a major conference, but at least one conference tournament has been canceled. Uh, others are moving to have uh, empty venues and that kind of thing. So we'll, we're going to talk about some of that here in a little bit. Um, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. We'll start in Fishersville. David Spence is on the show. How's it going, buddy? I'm really excited to talk about pandemics. Uh, who is <laughs> on the board at who is on Twitter? And uh, up in Reston, staff writer Justin Ferber, also on this here program. What's up, my dude? How you doing? I'm good. Um, I was I promised that I'd have a trivia question ready to go, but I forgot until just now. Okay. Uh, for Kyle, and uh, well, so I'll I'll try to do it before the end of the podcast. I was gonna say let's let's, no let's book that to the end. We'll put a pin in okay. it, and then you can ask your trivia question. Um, yeah. Kyle, who was probably showering or some nonsense. Uh, right now, as he listens to this, is probably pretty bummed that he doesn't get to try to flex his trivia muscle. Um, all right. Uh, I, oh, wait. Cavs Corner, also on Twitter. Cavs, underscore corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items, and um, what, 9,700 of your favorite, uh, of your closest Wahoo friends. Um, all right. Listen, I don't want to, I don't want to just like zoom past the tournament because I do want to talk about it. And heck, this might be the only basketball in the postseason we get to talk about. Um, so I, I do want to spend the bulk of our, our, our discussion this evening talking about said tournament. Virginia obviously goes in as the two seed, having beaten Louisville on Saturday, but because Florida State didn't finish the job uh, the other night against Notre Dame, um, the Cavaliers finish second. Leonard Hamilton and his uh, Seminoles get the uh, number one seed. Um, I believe this is the first time they've ever won the ACC regular season title, if, if I'm not That's mistaken. That's correct. He wins Coach of the Year. There's a lot of stuff about the all ACC teams, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a few. But as 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 stated, this is our preview uh, for the for the tournament. First off, Greensboro should uh, should be a, a wonderful host. Um, again, I'm not who knows if the thing actually finishes or whatever, but uh, at least as of now, it looks like it will. Uh, I love Greensboro. If I had my druthers, it'd be like Greensboro, DC, uh, and like every fourth or fifth year some random other place, but that basically would be just DC Greensboro and then some someplace else. Um, I'm really excited to get back to the Coliseum. Um, it feels like the ACC to me, even watching tonight, um, a little bit of, of what I saw after I got back from my kids gymnastics. Um, you know, it, it feels like the ACC, but it doesn't look like, you know, you look at this field and, and the probabilities to win. I mean, yeah, Duke's up there, but otherwise, um, you know, doesn't feel like the ACC of old. Uh, Dave, I want to start with you. As you look at this tournament, what's your overarching sort of thought? Is it do you focus more on the uncertainty of it? The like, hey, this could be a wild bracket. Who knows how what's going to end? Do you feel like you are comfortable with the top four that they're going to make it to the semis? How, what's your what's your feeling 
going into the bulk of this week? Feeling one is like I really expected when the ACC tournament started not more than two months ago that Virginia might have to win the thing to make the NCAAs. So the fact that they're sitting as a two seed still still difficult to get my mind around. Although we've had you know weeks to kind of uh, come to grips with the team getting better, um, I don't expect the top like this season has been nothing. You know, been very little chalk this season. Um, a lot of unexpected results during the season. So I would be very shocked to see all four all four of the top four seeds make it to the semis um and that could be because virginia loses a game they shouldn't lose i mean eventually coin flips go the other way um so yeah i mean yeah i mean there's there's some teams that can make runs you know you can get hot hot in the tournament as we see every year so i'm i don't know which team that's going to be um yeah, i think if carolina could have somehow avoided playing on tonight They'd be a scary team, but you know they're gonna they're gonna get tired legs eventually. But overall, I mean, I think it's gonna be a fun tournament. Um, I look forward to watching as much as I can of it. it looks like uh, one team I don't like to watch might not be there much longer. They might not even make it till the end of this recording. So <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> All right, Ferber, uh, you wrote it. I thought an excellent sort of um, pod slash bracket side preview, however you wanted to frame it. Um, that we ran uh, as you as we record this yesterday, um, I think that in terms of Virginia's path to the to the championship, if they really <laughs> they really aren't going to win three straight games, um, it, I, 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 I'm I, I'm hesitant to say it's easy because nothing in this league this year has been easy, especially for this team, and I also hesitate because like Dave just said, like at some point you know they've won eight in a row, many of them close, many of them very easily could have gone the other way. Um, at some point, one of those is going to go the other way. So they can't. You, you get the sense that like they can't keep living on the edge. Um, title. Um, how do you, when you're looking at just Virginia, right? Do you feel any sense of comfort, given the path that they have to to, to traverse here? You're going to get the winner of Notre Dame and Boston College. Um, both of them beatable teams, obviously. Uh, to, you win that game, it gets you uh, to Friday. Um, probably going to be Louisville, right? A team that you've played well and then beaten. Um, and then who knows what will happen in the championship if you get there. Do you have any level of comfort when it comes to Virginia and what's ahead for the Cavaliers in Greensboro this week? Um, more comfort than I would have had a few weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it. I mean, it's a single elimination tournament where one possession games can can swing on you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I went back and forth, you know, when they first got the draw, you know, of, of what they have to play in the quarterfinals, um, Notre Dame or, or Boston College. I thought that was favorable. But then you think back and it's like Boston College beat them and Notre Dame took them to overtime at home. So, I mean, I, I expect a pretty tough game, but then you run into the issue where teams run out of, you know, stamina, legs, whatever you want to call it, after having played the night before. So I think UVA defensively can force whoever wins that game into, you know, wearing down in the second half and win. A possible semifinal with Louisville, I think, would be another good game. Um, I have no reason to think that they can't win it or would be destined to win it either. Uh, I think that it would be close to a toss-up, uh, kind of like the game the other day. Um I would expect a pro UVA crowd, I guess. Um, Louisville, usually it's funny because 
they haven't been that high of a seed most of the times they've been in the ACC tournament. So it's kind of hard to gauge. I mean, they obviously have a very big following, but it's kind of hard to gauge what their crowd is going to be like just because, you know, in the one year they were in Greensboro, I think they lost their very first game. So, um, you know, we'll see how partisan that would be in, in UVA's favor. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they have a decent enough chance to get to the final. I think if you have to play three toss-ups in a row, it's going to be hard to win them all. But, I mean, I also would have thought it would be hard for them to win six in a row or whatever they just did. So, uh, I mean, it, it's certainly there for them, uh, a better draw than they, than they might have had otherwise. But um, I don't think it's going to be easy, just like it wasn't down the stretch. The um, And it's interesting. One downside, maybe, right, of, of this whole – uh, parody situation is that f- through the through the regular season, it was hard to get a gauge on who was good, right? But now, as you go into a tournament, you look at it and you go, "Well, are, is there anybody in the field that you don't want to play?" And Virginia's led every ACC game this year, right? Like it's not it's not like they've anybody beat them, you know, uh, you know, horn to horn, whistle to whistle, however you want to phrase it. Um, I wonder about. You know, we we talked before about Virginia being able to kind of turn the thing on and turn the thing off, and um, you know that that that's tricky because, like, you know, Dave was just talking about a few minutes ago. You know, eventually one of those fifty fifty games going to go against you. Um, I think it is been has been, and I've written this a lot. The idea that it's a um, it's a positive for them that they've been able to make plays in the clutch. The problem, of course, is is that they've had to, and that they haven't been in a position except for that Boston College game. So maybe you know they get BC again. Um, but I think that for me, as I'm looking at this thing, the my my level of trepidation really comes down to um, sort of the offense as it is right now is just not playing very well. And realistically, that's been that was the difference, right, last year. And they still played some close games, but that was the difference. Their offense was was much more dependable than it had been in years past, and the, and they were able to make hay out of that. Um, now I don't want to be the lamo on the show who 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 start you know starts talking gloom and doom and how Virginia's going to lose this and that and I'm not going to, but I do think that it's it's fair to expect that like we might think that Virginia has you know as a as a fan you might think that Virginia has an easy path but the reality is is like expect every one of these games to be tough because that's just the the mo for this team this season. Um, I thought it was kind of fascinating watching Tony Bennett uh, at the press conference today talk about how. Um, it he talked about how he had to sort of live with some mistakes and we've talked a lot about tony and how he looks different this year right that like during the game he's as focused and as energized and as like angry at times with referees and such and then after the game just seems completely chill and i think today's the first time that he's really addressed that which is like look he had to just live with some stuff he just had to be patient um dave as you look at this team going into the tournament we clearly have a feel for what we think this team is. We've we've been patient, right? We've we've lived with them. Um, what are your expectations, right? What are your if 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 this happens, then it will be successful, um, or you know, kind of walk walk with that for for me. What what are your expectations going into this week? I mean, I'm the biggest homer there is, but I really don't <laughs> spoiler have alert. Any, <laughs> I, I really don't have any expectations this week, like. I'd be upset if they lost round one, but I don't think it's going to affect their seeding greatly. They might move them down a line or line or two, um, and I don't know if that hurts them. To be honest with you, I kind of like this team having a you know a big you know a big undertaking in the second round if they make it that far in the NCAA. So 
I mean, I'd love to win the ACC tournament, but I never thought I'd see one. I've seen two in the last, what, six years. So um, it comes – it's kind of like <laughs> we talked about early in the season when they started to struggle. Like, I don't feel like I have the right to complain because I saw some stuff. But, look, the way the team's been playing, the only thing they can really do in the tournament that would that would excite me is all of a sudden, you know, Waldo gets hot again and somehow they stop turning the ball over and then their offense becomes a lot more efficient. But – I don't expect it. I think this team is what they are, and the difference between them winning, the difference between the offense looking better and looking worse is whether or not they hit a couple extra threes per game, you know, because their turnovers have been consistent just about every game. And at this point, it's hard to see them changing. So, I mean, I'd like them to win the tournament because, you know, it's always a big deal. I always grew up wanting to see them win it. But for this particular team, come healthy out of it. You know, I don't think they have to win to, you know, I don't think they have to win a single game to really affect their seeding. Um, don't get me wrong, I'll be salty if they lose the first game, and I'm probably going to regret even saying this publicly, but you know, if they lose it, it's not the end of the world. We'll move on to the next one. But I, I do think they're playing well enough defensively where they're going to limit teams each game. If they run into someone just shooting lights out, that can be trouble. But, you know, it, it kind of reminds me, Back two years ago, you know, when they were kind of boat racing everyone in the league going into the tournament and then kind of won the tournament comfortably, we were worried that they hadn't been, you know, it's that same old argument you have when a team has a dominant season. Like, they haven't been really, really pushed. Like, how are they going to do if they get have to get pushed? Well, this team has been pushed, 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 and, and shown they can do it. So I don't know what you gain by having tight games. Um, so it's just, it's just different. Like, this is the most unusual season I can remember, I think it's what two or three games decided by three or fewer more than any team in Virginia history. Um, and they keep coming up, you know, coming up roses somehow. Um, a toughness that, you know, let's not forget, like a lot of this is toughness we're seeing from this team was, was forged by their run last year with Kihei and, and Mamdi having a big part of that. So yeah, I, I want to win it, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have an expect- expectation that they'll do it. Cause, I mean, you know, it's a lot of these games they want it, you know, it's going to be a neutral floor. I don't know how, I don't think any of the teams up until the finals will really have a much bigger crowd than Virginia. So it's going to be them just making a shot or two. And that's what it's been every game all season. Yeah. Um, all right, Ferber, let's get into some brass tacks here. Depressing comments and everyone be quiet now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I mean, like, listen, I think that a lot of what you're saying is very reasonable, right? Like, there is a, um, there is, there's a lot of trains that are kind of meeting at the same station, right? And if you go into this event thinking that Virginia's going to roll, I mean, probability-wise, it's probably faulty, right? You probably shouldn't do that. But if you go into it thinking, like, hey, all of this is gravy, um, which that whole idea of it, you know, everything is gravy is kind of, um, it's supposed to have been, right, what everybody thought this season would be. Until things, you know, hit bumps, and then um, that quickly went out the window. Um, Well, I mean, I think that's true of every season of a team that won a title. Everybody's like, oh, this is the house money year. And then when the ball tips off, you know, when, you know, when the game start, it's like it becomes real again, and you don't want to lose. But yeah, I mean, this is the ultimate house money weekend for UVA, I would think. Yeah, and and that's kind of the direction I'm I'm going, which is all right. If we if we take out expectations and all this you know stuff around it, and just in terms of the basketball, 
Um, there's a team in the field that I think, you, if you're Virginia, you just don't want to play. And that has not been the case, right? If you think back to, you know, ACC tournaments of the past. Okay, for a lot of teams, Virginia was that team. But Virginia always had one of those, too. Like, oh, you'd rather not see X, right? Sometimes, most of the time, it was probably Duke or Carolina or whoever. Uh, I, I mean, if Virginia, yeah, I mean, who have they not beaten in the league? I mean, exactly, right? NC like, State. NC State. <laughs> yeah, NC State. Um, uh, they've beaten Syracuse. They've uh, yeah. They, they beat, beat Louisville. Louisville. They beat Boston College. Yeah, they beat Boston College. Um, yeah, I mean, who that's, are we forgetting? Um, and obviously, NC they beat, State, they beat Louisville, Florida State, Boston College, Florida State. Yeah, yeah. so they only lost. The, there's only one team they haven't beaten. So kind of crazy. Yeah, and they're probably. I mean, they would only see that team in the final, and they'd be favored. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's not. Yeah, they can beat anybody. But so, they, I mean, they lost to Boston College, so they can lose to them too. <laughs> That's a good way to frame it. All right, so what do you need to see from Virginia uh, Thursday night? It's hard to kind of preview a game when you don't know who the who the opponent is. Um, but let's let's do that. Let's let's pick and say who we think is going to win that Notre Dame Boston College game, and then kind of preview the Virginia game we think we're going to get. Um, Ferber, you can be the sacrifice. Yeah, I'll t- I'll take Notre Dame. Um, they they beat they beat Boston College a few like uh, I think last week of the season or the week before. Um, I'd say they, you know, they have the better team. Uh, they have the better coach. Uh, Boston college doesn't have to play on, on, you know, today, like they were supposed to. Um, but yeah, thanks Georgia tech. Um, but, uh, I, I still would take Notre Dame in that game on a, on a neutral floor. Um, hey, I Justin, believe, before you finish, do you know what the spread is? Have you seen, uh, if I had to guess, yeah, I would say it's probably pretty close. I would say like Notre Dame minus like three. Notre Dame minus nine and a half. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, part of that, I just saw it and felt it. I needed to interrupt. Well, part of that actually, I think, okay. I think part of that is because BC is like horrible in the metrics. Like they're like one seventy five in Ken Palm or something. Um, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, you're right. Um, and the game they played in in Chestnut Hill, I, I believe it was, uh, was really close. I mean, it came down to like the last possession or two. Um, but I, I think BC, I think uh, I think BC loses that one. Notre Dame wins. Um, what I want to see from UVA on Thursday, regardless of who wins, and I don't really think there's like a better or worse matchup. I think Notre Dame's, like I said, a slightly better team. Um, if that matters to you, then I guess root for BC, but UVA also hasn't played BC with their best player. So, um, in either game, but, uh, I, I would like to see them win a game. Like you've seen UVA win a lot of quarterfinal games in the past where the, they're the team that's fresh. The other team just had to play. And they come in, and, and the game might be close for a while, but in the last you know four or five minutes of the game, they distance, um, or maybe the last ten minutes or so of the game. You know, you're not going to apologize for winning any game. Like you're not going to say like, "Hey, if we win, I want to win by 10. Um, nobody, you know, you, you want to win the game. But um, so if they don't do this, I'm not going to. You can't really like freak out or get upset about it. But it would be nice to see them win a game by eight or ten, and and just look like the better team throughout. And even if it's close for a while and maybe a little scary here and there, they clearly were the better team and they came out and, and put the team away when they, when they had the chance, because I mean, some of these games have been close because they've blown leads. Other ones have just been close throughout Louisville. Perfect example where they up 14 in the second half and Louisville's a good team. So it's not like them going on a run is, is necessarily an indictment of UVA's ability or anything like that. Um, but some of these other teams, it kind of is. I mean, like Virginia Tech was done and they came back. Pitt was done and they came back. 
Uh, Miami, I mean, they just hung around because UVA couldn't get to 50. So, I mean, I would like to see them against Notre Dame just be able to put that game away and not have to sweat the last few minutes. That would be encouraging for me. But obviously, if they win in another way, then that's fine, too. You just want to get to the next game. But it would be nice to see them just kind of handle a game, which is something they haven't done in quite a while. Um, you know what's interesting, just that uh, we hadn't had a chance to talk about the Louisville game particularly, but Virginia like trailed at Louisville by 16, and they led Louisville by 14, and both games right. came down to the wire. It, it occurred to me during the game, like the Louisville yeah, game. Crazy. I was like, yeah, this is kind of a mirror image of the last one. And that's why I kind of felt good about UVA winning it, because I was like, Louisville did end up winning that first game. So, um, yeah, I mean, the way it happened was a little different. Uh, I mean, UVA just started burying threes on them um, at on the road. Louisville did get a little bit hot in the second game, but, I mean, it just kind of speaks to the idea that UVA does have these, even when they, I thought they played pretty well. Um and despite that, I mean, they still had a gap where they couldn't score for a while. So what you want to do against Notre Dame is, is just try to minimize that gap of, of scoring and, and try to give them a few of those and, you know, maybe get up by 10, 12 and then feel comfortable. I want to I want to transition our conversation because, um, I mean, look, until you know who you're playing, we can talk about the field uh, in more detail. But, you know, there's a. Uh, before it really gets going, no offense to those of you who had to play Tuesday in Greensboro, um, before it really gets going, it's tough. I do want to, though, kind of segue into the, um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the don't everybody freak out portion of the program. Um, and I want to, uh, the reason is because of this. Listen, a lot of times the ACC tournament, while it is clearly a, an event that we all care about and certainly the team cares about and fans everywhere care about and such, it, it, it's it's the precursor, right? It's the it's the warm up. Um, you know, Tony Bennett got asked a question today specifically about that. Like, hey, last year, you know, a couple years ago, you guys, you went, you won it, then you you lost horribly in the first round. Last year, you you lost early in the ACC tournament and then won. Was there any sort of you know correlation or anything like that? Um, Tony's whole answer for the record was that no, you just prepare well, <laughs> which I thought was this was the most Tony Bennett response ever. Anyway, um. There's a very, I mean, like the elephant in the room here is that there's a very real chance, you know, um, that that there is no there there, right? That that you're preparing to play in a tournament that very well may not happen, and I think it's worth, given the the kind of um, the environment currently and in, in, in just in the the world, but especially you know in the sports realm, um, you know, it's worth us talking about it. I I am of the mind that um, it makes total sense to me if the NCAA decides to have basically empty venues um, for these games. And we were talking a little bit about it before we started recording, which and then quickly prompt, I promptly decided we needed to stop talking about it so we could talk about it now. Um, listen, let me, let me just put this out there, that if you are a, an infectious disease person who is well-steeped in this kind of information and in this kind of subject, uh, everything we say is not, we're not that, and that's okay. Um, we're, we're going to just talk as reasonable humans. Um, and we don't mean to in any way, shape or form, take this, um, this virus lightly or the situation facing a lot of people who have contracted it. Those who have, pa who have passed away because of it, that kind of thing. Um, we're just going to talk about it in the context of this specific discussion. Okay, good. Um, I'm of the mindset that that empty venues is the answer, but Dave in, in our conversation before we started, you seem to have a different point of view, and I'd like you to share that point of view with the people. 
I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I think empty venues, like I'm, I'm not coming to this from, from a medical expert side either, but um, I mean, I think empty venues are almost a certainty at this point or getting close to it as things. If you just look as like the governor of Ohio today is like recommending that, you know, it's not, not a rule, but his recommendation basically, you know, no, no fans attend events like that. And you've got the play in games in Dayton. So those most likely, you know, will, will, you know, unless the NCAA says, you know, we don't care what you think those games most likely will have no fans. Um, and, but, but that's just one piece of it, right? Like the other thing is when you start thinking about all these teams, like going to a, site you know they're all going to have their own hotel usually they don't normally share hotels and normally their fans would be there with them um so the question to me becomes like how does this or my concern even is if you get there and your your team is at hotel x and someone in that hotel gets sick and all of a sudden they're recommending like you quarantine yourself and that team can't go on to the next site to play the next game or even show up at the like, I mean, I think there's some stuff that potentially could happen, which could really derail the NCAA tournament. And I'm not trying to talk alarmist. And I know, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of overhype, but a lot of misinformation out there too. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch. And I think, I think me as a sports fan, like I want to see it play out like it does every year. Like this is the time of year we're all excited about, you know, March Madness. It's, it's what college basketball is. Um, I mean, it seems this year is going to be infected, you know, affected, not infected. Uh, that's terrible. Might Maybe it will be infected. Um, be affected, you know, by, by an outside source. Like, in a way, at least we haven't seen in our lifetime. I'm sure at some point in history there's been a similar issue, uh, whether it's World War II or whatever. But um, it, it's going to be different. And I, I think, you know, you know I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see anything come out over the next few weeks because, yeah, it's progressing quickly. Um, you know, shoot by this from this morning to this evening, like just the, the number of cases reported, and you know, all of a sudden this getting canceled and that getting canceled. Like it's, I mean, like it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how much develops between now and, and next week when it when it gets going. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know really what to say up here. I don't want to because I don't want to talk as infectious. No, 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 but, no, but but listen, but, listen. But, but this is the saying, con- like, no, no. We, we've already given we've already given all the pre. Like you're allowed to just yeah. talk. Like you, you're okay. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. gonna come and like you know burn you in effigy. Well, I do have a medical background, so I feel like I carry a little <laughs> extra weight here. But you know, it. Uh, no, like to me, like that's the one thing that I can't figure out how you handle because. You guys have been to tournament sites. You know how like fans usually, you know, a lot of fans, especially the big donors, will usually stay at the hotel the team's staying in. So even if you keep the fans from going to the game, you can't keep the fans from going to the city. So like, what do they do with the teams to keep them from not being exposed to the virus when they're outside the arena? Because then you're like, what good did it do not to have fans at the arena? Well, okay. Yeah, counterpoint. It's a little different when you're at home, right? Counter. Well, like, counterpoint. Go stay somewhere. Counterpoint to that is yeah, one. Please. They they the idea that the NCAA um, can't trust its teams to keep its players in line. Like we're not talking about football teams here. We're talking about basketball teams. That's fourteen dudes. Like um, you could theoretically be. I mean, I understand the idea that like, oh, you have no. so many players and such and such. And such. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that like the idea that like somebody's going to ha- come into contact with players, like you, you, you could make that 
you you could I think you could mitigate that. The the you problem could, that you have you mitigate it to a point where it's not a public health concern because it's like the cruise ships. Like you can say, hey, I didn't go right, but that, that but but the cruise was. ships now you're talking about and they're they're literally trapped. So so like the idea here is that like ultimately life is not going to stop like unless they're going to put a lockdown you know on you know the greater united states of america right um like they did in italy right so like ultimately like people are going to congregate their malls are going to be open until they're closed right so like i understand the thought process of hey maybe it's not a good idea for us to bring 8000 people to one specific venue right what i don't understand is why you can't take 30 people and have them go into a place and play a basketball game right um, especially because not not only from the standpoint of fans, and I think this is a good place to have a a, a separate sort of um, I don't know what do you, um, what do, I don't know what you would call the thing um, preamble that I had earlier. Like I'm not saying this because I just want the basketball games to happen. Like I'm fully aware that if there was some sort of you know physical threat, you have to be mindful of safety. I'm not trying to like. You know, this is not we're, we are a podcast who's very much in favor of like student student athlete like well-being. We talk a lot about how, you know, how we think that there should be some sort of compensation aspect. We've talked a lot about that and taken some heat for it from, you know, your traditional diehard college sports fans. But anyway, I'm not I can speak for myself. I'm not saying this because I think the game should happen because I want to see the games. Um, I'm I'm saying this from the standpoint of the more you change in society the more people are going to freak out. You've already got people who are hoarding toilet paper. Now, why are they hoarding toilet paper? Because they're scared, because they're nervous, and it might not be a bad thing if you can do it to provide some semblance of normalcy for human beings that might actually be a public good, right? And I understand that there's a public health aspect of this. Again, venue, venue, empty venues make sense to me. Canceling the tournament and basically giving, giving another reason for people to be scared out of their minds is probably, unless they really need to be, but ultimately, like, we need to be mindful of what this is and what it's not. And it's not something where people need to be hoarding toilet paper. But they are. And there are, you know, and, you know, I don't mean to get political, but, you know, the powers that be aren't exactly providing a lot of faith right now. Let's just say it like that. Ferber, you've been uh, quiet on this front. I know you're, you are You mentioned earlier today that there was a chance that you were... Stay it out of this one. <laughs> your, your place of business could be... Uh, making some decisions. Um, wh- where do you? Yeah, where I mean, do you? F- that's pretty much the standard, I think, around here these days. Where do you fall so, on on this whole tournament situation? I'm kind of with you. I mean, I think Dave is too. Really, he's just kind of providing a devil's advocate perspective. Um, I, I think that you know, if the big concern is like the rapid spread of the of the virus, then obviously the biggest concern is just having fans in the same place, coughing and sneezing on each other, for lack of a better way to describe it. Um, if you eliminate that, I mean, I think you can play the games. Um, now if it becomes a thing where it's like, it's too risky to travel and then, and then the logistics become a nightmare and then some teams don't want to participate and then it's like, okay, then what do you do? Um, like for example, like let's say the Ivy league is like, we don't want any teams to participate. Then it's like, okay, do you replace them with an at large? Like, what do you do? You know, there's all kinds of different permutations that you have to go through. If that stuff becomes a nightmare, then I could see them just doing out, you know, just doing without it. Um, I think it's likely, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just being cynical and I think that they will do everything they can to play the games because of the money. The money does not come from people in the stands. While that does hurt, the money comes from the TV contract and forfeiting the games 
would have to cost the NCAA a lot of money, I would think, because I'm assuming that Turner isn't going to be very willing to just pay that money out for games that they didn't get. Um, and and that is, I know football is the big money maker for schools, but I believe the NCAA tournament is basically what funds the NCAA. Like, I mean, obviously they're kind of like a for-profit business, I believe, or or they don't maybe market themselves that way, but all you have to do is like Google that. Um, but I, so there I think was that, an article today that said the NCAA has insurance and would basically cover all the losses they would have. They had to cancel it. Well, the, yeah. Well, then yeah. maybe they, maybe they don't do it then. Um, I was just thinking like that. I mean, I'm and then but then there's also the TV network pressure, which you know what I mean. Like they they they're not insured. I would I would think. Um, you know, for what they you know what are they going to put on in, in place of it or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you're talking about life and death and all that. I mean, this stuff is a game. Like at some point, like in Italy, they they are just it's not practical at this point to play the game, so they're just not playing. Um, we haven't quite got there yet, uh, but I was, um, I mean, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with the ACC tournament. Uh, like I knew that they were probably going to play it with fans because we hadn't heard anything and the teams were already there and everything, but. Uh, you know, I thought it was possible that they were going to make some sort of changes. Um, and they did make some slight changes to like media policy and stuff like that. But I think that's kind of window dressing, to be honest with you. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't really have like a, an informed take on this, to be honest with you. I just, I'm interested to see, I mean, I'm not really like, you know, excited about this or anything, but obviously like when you're dealing with like public health and all that stuff, there's so many factors and logistics that we just don't, I don't think we have enough information at this point to really know what's going to happen. But the NCAA seems to be, um, you know, in decision-making mode over the next few days. So I'm assuming we'll hear something before Sunday when the bracket's supposed to come out. Yeah. Um, I, I think the other thing to, to consider here is that um, I wish that I, I had any faith in people to heed warnings. So Dave mentioned earlier, like you can't, you can stop the people coming to the venue, but you can't stop them from coming to the city. That's true. Right. And, um, you know, if you're, if your goal here is to, is to essentially limit the exposure that people are going to have the idea of having events where there are, you know, large sums of people in one place makes sense. Um, beyond just that right like you're essentially you're you're not worried necessarily about specific individuals you're not worried about the team you're not worried you know you're just worried about having a bunch of people in one place um where the wrong you know hot dog vendor um you know who is touching a lot of food or what have you there's a whole lot that if you think about it really goes into something that is as easily spread as this i was reading some stuff today you know in terms of the um the virus itself and the, you know, how long it lasts on different surfaces, which is very different from, you know, what we think of as flu. And so even if the virus itself and the, and the, um, you know, the, um, symptoms and that kind of thing that, that come with it, even if it is, you know, nominal for most, you know, healthy kids and adults, it certainly is not that way for older folks and those with obviously who are, you know, um, immune immunocompromised and that kind of thing so i understand it from the from the from the health standpoint i I do think that ferber's point about the tv pressure and the way the real world works is is definitely adamant here and it and it makes me wonder if in a different time um you know if this would just not have been a consideration at all like the thing would have just been nixed right but we do live in a world where you know that that tv money um that 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 pressure is very real um 
I, I, I still would be very shocked if they canceled it outright. I still think that to having the empty venues yeah. is the most likely scenario. Um, whether they allow media folks to go or not um, remains to be seen. You know, um, personally, um, you know, somebody who owns his own business and spent a lot of money <laughs> in uh, 2019 uh, traipsing around the country, um, you know, it wouldn't be a terrible thing. You know, if they said, hey, you know, media can't come, it would be really weird. Um, but certainly I would understand it. Um, and and there were the other the, the pro sports leagues have have closed their locker rooms, um, which, you know, I kind of thought was would be like a first step into um you know that the acc tournament has closed its locker rooms for the first time obviously um one of the reasons i actually like the acc tournament is because it i don't get everybody at the podium i can go into a locker room and actually talk to players and now we're just going to get more podium um but i mean that part makes sense to me you know there's no reason to have the players interacting with a whole bunch of randos um if they don't need to um but ultimately you know i guess we just kind of wait and see the 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 un the, the unknown aspect of it all really does underscore just how um you know just how volatile the situation is and you know yeah. dave mentioned earlier like it, you know we we should know something you know here or there i heck i don't know when we would you know um yeah it's just i mean the whole thing yeah it's and gonna then you be could have a situation where the tournament starts and then they might have to stop yeah, exactly. in the middle like yeah that's where i was gonna go with that like three weeks you know three weeks time is a long time if you think about how much has happened in a week with this um you know, it could be like, you know, you get to the final four and they're like, oh, we got to figure out a way to handle it. But, you know, you, you think about the way the tournament progresses, like the number of people you have to protect, like decreases each round. So um, getting through the first weekend is probably the most, you know, where you've got, you know, 68 teams that are going to be traveling. Um, I mean, I, it, it sounds kind of morbid, but I would be fascinated to know what their backup plans are. And like yeah. how they've thought through, you know, because it's like, you know, one thing you think about is, okay, you're going to have the final four in a football stadium with no one there. No one there. Like what yeah. would be and the point about of shooting that? angles already? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in a big city too. Like, so if you're not going to have fans there, what's the point of sending those, sending the teams to a, to a big city where there's more people around? Why not just or, go play I mean, it? And like, you could just literally <laughs> play that game at like Georgia tech, <laughs> you know, just go to like, like, yeah. no one will be there. Yeah, go to Old Hickory and play it or something. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you could because it doesn't matter. Well, um, one thing that did it, kind of occur to me was like maybe consolidating down the number of sites. Of regional so like, sites, yeah. Yeah, so I mean you have a site in Spokane, which is in a state where they've had a lot of cases. Cleveland, obviously the the governor there said they don't want people at the venues. You know, like what, what, what if you just combined like three of them into one place and then, you know, instead of like Spokane, See, part of it, too, is like, you know, if you bring people in from all over the country or whatever, then like fans, for example, then you have people like flying in and out of cities and so on and so forth. And I mean, obviously, that happens every day anyway. But, you know, it, it's 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 got the potential if there was like an outbreak in a, at a game, for example, it could spread all over the country, um, which it already seems to be doing. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a lot of different ways they permutations. I'm sure they've come up with and. You know, like maybe even like consolidating down the number, like how, like maybe you do like three rounds in one weekend or something. I don't like, I don't know what you do. Um, but you know, it, this is just a weird year. I mean, what, what a weird way for a weird season to end. Like, yeah, hopefully I mean, everybody's you can safe everything, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can easily consolidate your locations because you have Thursday, fr- you know, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. That's what I mean. You can Thursday, just Saturday, play like four Sunday. days in a row in the same yeah, gym. Exactly. 
So, I mean, I think that's, but I mean, I think the NCAA is probably going to have to react quickly because if your goal is to keep people home and keep them from coming and spreading, then you don't want, you want to wait till the night before and say no fans. So that's what I'm saying. We'll like they would quickly. have to kind of, I think they would have to make an announcement at the very latest on selection Sunday yeah, and just exactly. announce it to people as they do the bracket or don't do the bracket or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and not to like belittle the public health thing and everything else, but you know, there's also like the basketball fan component of this. If it all plays out and it is empty arenas, like what does that look like? Like, I mean, what happens to the 16, you know, the 16 seed if they're up by 10 and don't have the crowd behind them? Is it easier for the one to come back? You know, it, it's going to be weird watching if that's not the case. I mean, I'd rather watch it with no fans than not watch it at all. Um, but it's definitely going to be different. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd be, I'd be shocked if it's just business as usual for the NCAA tournament this year. Yeah, I mean, even the ACC being business as usual seems a little bit um, unusual, right? Like the fact the ACC... I don't know that it would be if it was in, in Brooklyn this year. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's. I think that's part of it too. Is there just aren't a lot of cases in that area, so they're just like, well, you know, like if they were bringing people into like, in, for example, here in DC, it's starting to catch on. Like, we're you know there was a an incident with a Catholic priest, and he you know like, so like there there's definitely going to be some cases here. So I think that would yeah I think Dave's right. I think if it was in a different place. It could be different, you know, but I mean, it's, I, I trust the league. I mean, I don't think they would do anything that's like completely inappropriate. Um, but I think part of it is you have to have faith in people to make their own decisions. Like if you're sick, don't come, but you know, who knows? I mean, we'll just have to see what happens, but I mean, it's going to impact so many other aspects of life over the next few weeks. It's just going to be weird. You were not forced to attend. Weird at weird at the, you know weird at best, I guess I should say. Like you know, hopefully not worse than that. <laughs> you know? Oh man! Well, um, what a terrible end of the season podcast. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> if this God. is it, <laughs> Thank well, God just, it, you know, it would suck. And, and it's not just for the fans not getting to watch the games. It's the like think about all the seniors that you know, like the, their their careers would just end. You know, yeah. or guy like think about teams. Um, I don't know who's winning it or if anybody, if it's over, but like the CAA championship is tonight. And I don't think either of those teams has been to the tournament recently. So like, um, you know, those guys, not only are, is their career over, like they finally got to the NCAA tournament and then they don't get to play in it. You know, um, that would kind of, that would just be kind of bittersweet, I think. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you gotta, there's some things that just kind of have to supersede the other, I guess. Well, listen, here's here's our plan. So Ferber and I are going to be in Greensboro, Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Um, tomorrow, as you listen to this today, um, we will be on site for the um, for the matchup against either Notre Dame or Boston College. Should Cavaliers win, we will be there for Friday, and should they win, we would be there for Saturday. Uh, I plan to take my podcast gear in case we need to do like a another one of those, like, hey, we probably should do a podcast because um, they're about to do something uh, important situations um but hopefully this is not the last podcast of the basketball season hopefully there is more and we're not just doing a postseason wrap without a postseason so to speak um i feel i feel like in terms of the basketball i feel like virginia is going to need to you know for lack of better you know done to be cliche but make its own luck a little bit um they are um they are 
they have been living too too long on that uh, that little thin edge. Um, so it might be a good idea for them to sh- kind of stay away from it because some of those balls seem like they're going to bounce the other way. If you are somebody who uh, found the uh, podcast uh, through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you can get your programs. If you're so inclined, give us a rating review. helps to get us out in front of more people, and we very much appreciate that. If you are somebody who has found the pod but has not given us a look at the ch- website, yes, check us out, calfscorner.com. Let's see, right now I've got video from Sunday with Mamadi talking about his journey. Um, his, his thing about how I, I played, I can't believe I played with Malcolm was hysterical. Um, let's see for, like I mentioned earlier, Ferber did a really good job with the breaking down the, um, the pod football recruiting, uh, is off to a quick start for 2021, really big junior day this past weekend, netted at least one commitment. Um, I talked to Langston long in the afternoon on Sunday, uh, was writing another story and then got back to transcribing his and he literally committed. Um, so I, I ran that. You can also check out, I caught up with uh, three-star offensive tackle, Tristan bounds to talk kind of about where he wants to take his process. Um, and then obviously we were in Charlottesville today, um, Tony Bennett's press conference. Um, and then also some video with Kihei Clark talking about his uh, second ACC tournament, even though he feels like he's much older than that. Let's see what else I got to do. Um, Fanatics link. If you have not yet, make sure you check that out. Uh, it's in your podcast app of choice now and the content item for this show. Uh, anything that you purchase from that link goes to support the site. We very much appreciate it. Our thanks again to um, Thorium Wealth and Second String Sports for their support. You can check them out. ThoriumWealth.com for more information, full disclosures. SecondStringSports.com, second with a two. I think that uh, that about wraps it up. Uh, Ferber, did you want to come through with this trigger question or am I just, uh, am I just signing off for the week? What am I doing here? Oh, man, let me think of something real quick. Oh, my goodness gracious. You had 45 minutes to get this thing ready, and you uh, – Okay, how many oh, how wow. many games How many games in the Tony Bennett era has UVA been the lower-seeded team in the ACC tournament? The hint is it's not many. <laughs> Does that question make sense? Dave, what did you – Yes, do you, know, do you know yeah, the answer? I mean, I know, don't say it out loud, but I know Kyle does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there it gonna, is. He'll he'll figure it out one way or another. There he's, it is. He's a uh, feel one. free to 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 find Justin Ferber on Twitter at Justin underscore Ferber. Uh, and uh, yeah, and a big shout out to Kyle for doing the uh, Walden Tensei braids no braids research. Oh, and and also one other thing: the answer to last week's trivia question, who was the player who scored the most points against the Tony Bennett UVA team in a single game, was Carson Edwards, forty-two points in the Elite Eight last year. A game you can look at, look back at lovingly. Who ever would have thought that halfway through it? Um. So on that note, for uh, I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. For, thank Dave and Ferber for giving me graciously of their time as always. Uh, I very much appreciate it. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.